Ruchem Aboyim B'Shem Hashem Berachnuchem Mivayis Hashem Someone's got a problem with the video. There we go. Okay. Whoops. Okay, I hope I got the right one. Are you connected? No, you're not connected. Okay, let me connect you. Fire the other way. Why does my camera keep going off? Shabbos HaGodl. Pasha's Tzav. And next week is Pesach. Pesach already. All the women, the trauma, most women already, the trauma is over. And there are those women that are now starting to cook up the trauma. I'd like to dedicate the, the shir and the schus of Esther Bracha Basimcha Chatun. Should have an easy delivery, Mertz Hashem. All should go smooth, and all women of the world, all Jewish women, should merit this very year to cuddle their own child. But yet we had, only a few short weeks ago, the Atta Tetzaveh. Is there in essence a difference between the Tzav, the commandment of the Atat Tzavah, and the commandment of Tzavah Sa'arin Vezbanov? In the Atat Tzavah, we are still dealing with the Mishkan, still dealing with the vessels of the temple, of the tabernacle. Here we are now turning to the service of the sacrifices which are to be brought in the temple. A flame, a constant flame, must burn. You may not extinguish it. Referring to the altar, of course. On the holy altar burnt a flame, which had to always burn. The source of the flame.
a flame from above, the shape of a flame of a lion on top of the altar, and all the other different explanations, medrashic, kabbalistic explanations of this wonderful flame. We know, back in Parshish Terumah, it said, for many times it's been discussed, because it's a very basic, lifelong lesson, of the Osuli Mikdosh V'Shachanti B'Seicham, B'Seicham L'Nemar, it doesn't say within it, rather it says within them. The Hasidic teachings explain Don't go anywhere out of there. Right here, sit. Don't take food out of here, please. Amongst each and every one of you, which one of us must dwell, must make a dwelling place for the Almighty God. The tabernacle as a whole had the temple, had the Shekhinah. Rest upon it. We being a tabernacle, what part are we being transposed as? Are we the menorah? Are we the shulchan? Are we the mizbeach? The altar. In truth, we are all. All the vessels we represent. And thereby, each time, a commandment, each each law, that is placed forth, about each and every given, vessel, applies to us. Today, we hear Tamid when we walk into a shul. We, where do we hear the Tamid? Refers to the Ner Tamid, the candle, the constant candle that burns usually above the Ark, above the Aran Kodesh. Almost every shul has one. Therefore, Eish Tamid, this constant flame must be kindled within us. There was a chassid, his name was Reb Mendel Futafas. About Reb Mendel Futafas, we could say, there was a chassid. For Mendel Futafas was a true, true, driven chassid.
Mendel Futafas was imprisoned many times for being a chassid. He sat in solitary confinement in Siberia for being a chassid. And we even spoke about Mendel many times before. About the questions that he wanted to ask the Rebbe while he was in prison. But he was in prison in Siberia. Sixty, seventy years ago, it was highly unlikely that he could email, text, or tweet the Rebbe the questions. A telegraph would do, a telegram. Nobody in the Siberian prison was giving that either. Reb Mendel had another source, unbeknownst to himself. And Mendel, sitting in prison, thought the question he wanted to ask the Rebbe, Thrice did this happen while in prison, and when Mendel was freed from prison, upon arrival back at home in Russia, his wife presented him with three letters from the Rebbe, each letter answering the questions that he had posed in prison. Therefore, when we say a chassid, he was a true chassid. But he was also a very, very comical chassid. Ibdu as Hashem besimcha, for a man that been through what he had been through, you would definitely imagine him as a morbid, high-strung fellow. That Mendel had a phenomenal, phenomenal sense of humor. And he used the sense of humor for Torah teachings, he used this sense of humor <laughs> for lifelong lessons. He used his sense of humor to get through the daily grind. When Amendo was in prison, on the rare occasion the prisoners were able to talk to each other, Amendo most of the time was in solitary confinement. Most of the prisoners were there because the Russians decided they should be there. With no real given reason or rhyme. One such prisoner said in his life in his lifetime before being arrested brutally thrown into prison He was an acrobat. In his acrobatic act, he was a tightrope walker. Now, I'm sure everybody is familiar with what a tightrope walker is, because we tightrope walk all day long. Yeah, every time we talk to you, 
Every time we do anything in life, we are walking on a thin rope and not knowing when we're going to fall off the other side. For Reb Mendel, for Reb Mendel, this is not a novel idea, but a quite, quite strange and awkward idea. Was felt de Luis? He would ask. What are you lacking to walk up on a rope extended who knows at what height when you can walk with both feet on the ground? What, what do you need it for? And the idea, the music, the concept of entertaining other people by doing so was totally foreign to Remendel. Beyond foreign. Milk. Stalin died. Pagan. The prison became slightly more lax. It wasn't so intense anymore. Everybody now knew they were no longer under the fierce rule of Stalin, the murderer of Yom They were able to breathe easier. So at a celebration, now that they were breathing easier, they celebrated in prison. Here I am in a Siberian prison, oppressed and tortured, but I'm happy because it's not as bad as it was yesterday. Today we could eat leftover, you know, the fellow that comes into a restaurant that couldn't afford a meal nebuch. And he says to the waiter, I have no money. So the waiter says, so what do you want from me? He says, like, please, I'm going to die of hunger. So the waiter was a sharp man, and he looks at him and he says, sir, you have no money to pay for your food? He says, no. So would you mind yesterday's soup? He says, of course not, I don't mind yesterday's soup. That, that, that's fine for me. The waiter said, wonderful, come back tomorrow. Tomorrow he'll serve him the leftover from today. Reb Mendel could not fathom what pleasure these people would derive from this. And so now that they were celebrating the quote-unquote freedom of the oppression that they were gone through, had gone through for the years under Stalin and Makhshamayim, this man found himself a rope. And he secured the rope to the top of one of the buildings and then proceeded to a building across about 15 yards further and secured it to the other end. And got up on a ladder or on a stool or whatever it was he could stand on to f- make sure it was straight, it was for- firm, it was proper, it was everything that he needed Needless to say, he hadn't done typewriter walking for a while. So he was a little um, rusty. rusty, shall we say. But he started to walk. And as he started, he walked two, three feet, and he fell. But not like I fell or you fell. Unlike us, he knew how to fall. And he fell like a cat. And needless to say, he didn't even hurt himself. But
But, as the professional would do, he got up and he did it again. Fell a second time, until the third time he got his balance. And he got his balance and he started to walk across. And as the people started to cheer, started to chant, started to clap, they started to clap to a rhythm. And as they clapped to the rhythm, he danced to that rhythm. On the tightrope. One foot on a second foot. Back and forth. And then, he stopped for a moment. And you could see he was concentrating and he turned around. And he walked back to the original starting point And dismounted from the rope. The applause and the congratulations were just unreal. They hadn't seen entertainment, and especially not this entertainment, in years. And this is so exciting for everyone. But for Mendel, there was a question. Why, who's coming? Nobody? They're in Israel. For Reb Mendel, it was a question. Reb Mendel's question was, Vos hab ich das Why did I have to see that? What was the Almighty's message to me from observing this act? So Mendel walked over to the man to congratulate him. And the tightrope walker says to Mendel, New Rabbi, now you understand what a tightrope walker is. Are you impressed now? And Mendel said, Yeah, Abyssale. Nimnoshka. Reb Mendel, he says, I'm going to reveal to you my secret. Don't you wonder how I do it? How I get across? And come back and dance without falling? I will tell you my secret. He says, Mendel, when I get on that rope, I don't look down. And I don't think about falling. I set my eyes on the goal. And I focus on my goal, which is the other end of the rope. I know I have to find myself on the other end. Hence, I march myself across, concentrating only on the other end. But, he says to the Mendel, do you know what's hard? Turning around. Turning around to come back is the hardest part. 
Почему? Why? Because now I am totally not only distracted from my goal, I am totally disconnected from my goal. My goal was to reach that side. Now by coming back away from my goal, I'm totally, totally disoriented. And I have to refocus. I have to take everything back. This is therefore the hardest part. When I turn around to go back, I leave this goal and make myself a new goal. Now I understand what it means that this flame had to constantly burn and never be extinguished. The person must always be set and dead set on their goal. And by being dead set on their goal, they cannot alter. We cannot let shiny objects distract us. Although the world is full of shiny objects. For those who don't know what this symptom is called, it's called ADHD. So the psychologist was trying to explain it to his patient. That a person, the patient that has ADHD... The patient said, what is it? So he told the patient, attention deficits. And all of a sudden, the patient looked to the side and said, hey, donuts. So that's how the HD came into the ADHD. The focus must stay. The goal that we have is to bring Mashiach. The most famous song in English has got to be almost 50 years old, at least. I don't know if it comes before that. I don't know what the source for it is. The song is known as The Little Bird is Calling. And The Little Bird is Calling is a song, a parable of the holy Jewish nation being compared to a little bird waiting for the eagle to save her and the eagle being Mashiach this song was composed like I said decades ago and yet today the today and age children all know this song as well ironically out of all the songs that have gone throughout the generations have come and gone as we say this song majestically still rings and resonates throughout camps of all different walks not just only Chabad camps but other camps as well don't worry I'm not going to sing it yes I, I heard the trepidation arising and the anxiousness and pressure saying, don't tell me he's going to get into it and start singing it. Okay. This is therefore the our, our mission in life 
to remain focused and remember we need one thing and that is to bring Mashiach and every deed that we do whether it's cleaning for Pesach whether it's helping whether it's giving money for a Jew that doesn't have or that's less fortunate than you This is all a preparation that we do so that our Father in Heaven will say when the Jews are crying out Mashiach, I want Mashiach now they mean it. I have to make a little interruption here. My, all my boys aren't here but tomorrow at 4.15 you have to all be ready to go with me. Huh? We have to go to a bris. Everybody has to. We're having a film station. Everybody has to set up film. AM or PM? PM. How about we're back? Are you going with Sadiq? Yeah, me too. Text Lady. Lady? Oh boy, this is a problem. Okay. This is a big problem. Because there'll be about 150, 200 people that I can't put on film with everybody. Bring the tank there. Where? We'll talk about it after. We are now entering the last stage, the last phase, or the last year before Pesach. I anticipate, I anticipate, I hope that next Wednesday night, We should also have a shear. I hope we'll all be in Yerushalayim for it. Amen. It will be no, we won't be chopping on the Pesach already by Wednesday night. We'll, then we'll be taking toothpicks, getting it out of our teeth. Let us go a little bit into the Pesach. There's a Mishnah Masech Pesachim. 116, side 2. And the Mishnah reads, and it's said in the Haggadah, Each and every generation, a person has to see themselves as if they are now leaving Egypt. Remember leaving Egypt? Sure, you all do because we're all done. Yeah. It wasn't yeah, so long ago. I, I remember. Definitely, it was the year two thousand four hundred and forty-eight. I remember it like yesterday. We are now in the year five thousand seven hundred and seventy-three. So, a couple of thousand years ago, we left Egypt, and yet each and every generation. We must remember and we must think and consider ourselves as we are leaving Egypt now. How hard is that? 
Really, how hard could that really be? Where, how do we take such a thing? The Maral Mitrag explains in his holy book called Gvura Yis Hashem that upon leaving Egypt in addition to the fact that they went out of Egypt physically it wasn't only leaving, physically leaving Egypt but rather it was a freedom that the Jews became free we became, became B'nai Chayim Be'etzem. We became free people. And he writes that after the Almighty took the Jews out of Egypt, He gave them the concept of freedom. This is therefore the name of the Jews, Be'etzem. And the value and the importance that there is. That we are ultimately nullifying the exile. So therefore we find from then on that the Jews leave Egypt a Jew can no longer be a slave. And that's why the Torah tells us that if a slave has to be sold, if a person has to be sold as a slave, he's only allowed to work X amount of years. And if he says, I want to stay a slave to this person, he's punished for it. Because the concept of servitude only belongs between a Jew and God. A Jew in himself has to be always a Ben Chayim. And the Alter Rebbe explains in the Holy Tanya that it's in essence totally against the nature. <coughs> to be able to be the Skyim, to be able to complete this. And not to become nullified. We need that the Almighty renews and rejuvenates this miracle on a constant basis. If God forbid for one moment the Almighty takes away that concept of freedom that He granted us when we left Egypt, or any other miracle that the Almighty does on a constant basis, if the Almighty takes it away for one second, the whole thing becomes nullified. So according to this, since this Indian that the Jews are B'nei Chayim Be'etzim, and it's impossible that we should become slaves. Therefore it's a miracle that's higher than nature entirely. And we can understand in our mind's eye that this miracle is on a constant basis being renewed. That the Almighty is taking us out constantly from Egypt. And he's constantly making us into free people. And therefore, every day and every moment, the person has to remind themselves that they are as if they are leaving Egypt now. 
Because they have within themselves that miracle of being a Ben Khairin. Let us focus a little bit on the Seder. We read the Haggadah. You must tell your child. And the entire mitzvah is the Saper, Sipur, to tell the story of going out of Egypt. During the recitation of the Haggadah, we make mention there are three things. Without them, we are not doing the mitzvah. Pesach, Matzah, and Morer. When we say Matzah and Morer, we have to show the Matzah and the Morer. There are those that have a custom when they say Pesach to point to the Zreya on the, on the Kaida, which is supposed to, in, in essence, represent the Karim Pesach. Chabad, we don't do that because it's not the current Pesach. Definitely can't eat it because not eat current Pesach out of it. So. so Pesach, Matzah, Mara, the three essence mitzvahs. However, as you just asked, why don't we eat the Pesach? The Matzah is Minatayda. And by the say that we're going to merit to hear the two types of matzah. Matzah with a vav, matzah without a vav. That's what I'm saying. We're going to merit to hear that from you. Matzah before chatzayis, matzah after chatzayis. So the eating of matzah is min hatayda. It's midaraisa. Morer, to eat the morer is midivri seifrim, according to the sages. But eating of Pesach is not allowed. Never mind, it doesn't. We don't. You're not allowed to. You shouldn't even make food that's roasted that looks like roast. At least not for the Seder. <coughs> and you know, we told this a million times, the same joke, of the uh, holy man that used to cut his nails every time on Sh- Arab Shabbos, after he came out of the mikveh, and when he was asked what the spiritual intent behind doing this, when he comes out of the mikveh, he said, "There's no spiritual intent." They said, "Why do you do it every week consistently this way?" He says, "My nails are softer after the mikveh." Sometimes there are practical things. I don't necessarily have to always have to do a couple of things. Is this thing washed? The bulbs are over. We're looking at different foods, different properties of food. Matzah is bread. person can't officially live without bread. The Pesach was meat, beef. 
Meat is only eaten when there's people are very wealthy. When there's plenty in the world, you eat meat. If God forbid there's a famine, there's a local, you know, a person's not allowed to eat meat, even if he can afford it. But if there's a general famine in the world, a person should not eat meat. Because now the world cannot eat it. And the Gemara in the sect is 84 side A, for those who are keeping score at home. makes no sense, because if somebody's poor, then the whole world should be poor? Not one person. Famine. Everybody. Yeah, but if the whole world is poor? If, then the Torah. The Gemara tells us, L'madcho teira derecheretz. Teira teaches us derecheretz. Shalayechal adam basar ela bazmona zais. Only in this special time, which means, says Rashi, not to eat it when the people are poor. Not to constantly eat meat. Mother is bitter, but it's in the vegetable family. Average. Obviously, this is not taught in today's day and age where everybody eats only salads. But here he says it's not a staple. Vegetables, salads are not a staple like breads. They just don't fill you in the end. You can eat all the salad in the world you want. You're just not full. If you don't eat a good sandwich, you're not full. But if you eat a good sandwich, you're full. Whether it has lettuce and tomatoes or not. Beer, because no good story ever started while I was eating the salad. There you go. <laughs> On the other hand, bread does not need, excuse me, vegetables does not need plentitude. There's always some kind of vegetable around. Now we see the difference between the three mitzvahs in today's day and age. As the Gemara at the end of Seita, which we're going to learn from soon now, we'll start again in the days of Svira Saimer. In the time of the Golos, it was added a Yedida, a special Yedida Ruchnius. Also physical, not only a spiritual drop, but physical as well in the situation of the Jewish nation. And unfortunately it gets lower and lower. Jews are not as wealthy, although there are wealthy Jews, they're not as wealthy as in the time of the Holy Temple. From Gemara in Brachis 58, side 2, tells us that from the time that this holy temple was destroyed, a decree was placed on the world, on the house of the tzaddikim of the righteous, that wealth did not reign in the house of the righteous. And it's enough of the servant, the student, not to supersede his master. Yes, People can be wealthy, but people should see to it that the rabbi has food, and that the rabbi 
has money, and the rabbi has money to leave it to pay his bills. Because the rabbi himself was not granted with that riches. That was not an appeal. Therefore, from the Tata, there are mitzvahs only eating matzah. Only the, the Tata only commands us to eat matzah. The bread from the bread family. And not to be in the reshus of bread, of meat, or the reshus of vegetables. But this, according to Dintata, the sages say that vegetables are also good. And therefore the sages insist that we eat the mother. And the sages have the power to do that. I received a very important email today, which almost goes, according to what we just discussed, the importance of matzah being in and the Pesach, which is meat, which is not always allowed to be eaten, is not at all eaten on the carbon by the Seder. However, the mother, the vegetables, which the sages found should be eaten, are important. The subject of the email was Bloomberg limits Seder portions. It's from New York. Following his recent ban on soda containers, over 16 ounces, Mayor Michael Bloomberg has announced that he now intends to place similar limits on wine and matzah consumption at Passover Seders. Everyone knows that the Jews struggle with obesity. The mayor declared at the news conference yesterday at the McGracie Mansion. So why aggravate the problem by drinking four whole cups of wine? and eating three large sheets of matzah at a single meal. Noting that the Passover foods are a Jewish tradition dating back to thousands of years, the mayor said, That may be so, but look at the health problems they create. You eat all that unleavened bread, and your system is bound to get backed up. It's no wonder. Moses was pleading, let my people go. Bloomberg added, no one needs that much wine at a meal, either. And shamefully, the biggest offender, a Jewish icon, the Holy Prophet Elijah. He goes and drinks wine in everyone's house. On say the night, he goes house to house drinking. Anyway, this email goes on and on about how he wants to limit the size of your matzah and the size of your cups, etc., etc. I didn't want to finish it. Um, there is a shear. An amount, a proper amount, how much a person has to eat in the matzah. And how much a revius of wine is. A minimum. Med are mechayiv to drink wine, are obligated to drink wine, unless it's a very, very severe case where wine would cause tremendous repercussions. 
can the man then try to improvise? In days of yore, we drank only Malaga wine, which is like 12-13%. was sweet and heavy like a truck. And it took who knows what to get us up off the table. Today's day and age, there are many, many different solutions. There's dry wine. Same thing I said, same text. There's dry wine. Oh, this is a problem. I have to call you back. There's dry, besides the dry wine, there's lower alcohol wine. There's a Concord cow that Kevin makes that's literally like water. Worst case scenario, a person can mix half and half a cup of grape juice with wine. But men should definitely try to drink alcohol-based four cups. Women, there are those that allow to drink grape juice. We try not to encourage that. Each cup should be finished. The first cup should try to be finished in minimum amount of drink. In other words, if one could drink it in one shot is preferable. Maximum in two. Obviously, Bigidaya Gumba did it in two probably. The wine has to always be drunk leaning over. If one drinks this cup of wine not leaning over, this is brought down that he should sink another cup of wine and drink it leaning over. Because you're not Yetzir if you don't drink it while leaning over. A... The matzah... There are three matzahs in the Kaida. The Kayan, the Levi, and the Israel. We spoke last week. We said that the three matzahs, the Levi is broken for the Afikayman in the beginning of the Seder. Tradition has it that the youngest child is given the Afikayman to hide. We don't want the child to steal. We don't want to teach them stealing. They put the Afikayman away and then they claim a prize. But you have to make sure that we know where it is so that in case the child falls asleep we'll be able to find our Afikayman. My grandfather was Shalom, I remember, did not play with the shenanigans. If we did not want to give up the Afikayman unless he promised something very valuable that he did not think he would give, he just took a regular piece of matzah and ate that. He said, I'm going to eat matzah now. Consider that my Afrikaiman. You're not blackmailing me. <laughs> we gave up. We gave up. And we got what we wanted anyway. <laughs> Zaidi made us laugh. Um, where's the earlier? you text them? Oh, you can't. Text them from my phone. The first cup of wine is recited on the Kiddush. Everyone 
but around the Seder table holds their cup up when the Kiddush is recited. Same with the second cup, everyone holds their cup up from the Halil until the end of the Bracha. By Vihisha Amda, many have the custom to hold the cup up. Whenever the cup of wine is raised, the matzah is covered. Otherwise, the matzah is uncovered throughout the Seder, the Grathrat Agadah. Pouring off by Dam Tzvadea, there are those that have a tradition to dip their finger into the wine by each Makkah. Many Chabad, we pour off from the cup into a broken vessel, a chipped vessel, and then that wine is spilled out somewhere where nobody's going to walk. Um, washing for matzah. We make a bracha, prior to eating the matzah. We must eat an entire kezayis, preferably not to swallow until you have the whole kezayis in your mouth. Which means keep biting into it and keep chewing so that you can accumulate as much as you can in your mouth. The matzah as well has to be eaten leaned over. The mother, of course, is not eaten leaned over. However, the kerech, the hill sandwich as we call it, is eaten leaning over, even though it is mother and matzah. The The karpas that we eat in the beginning of the Seder should be less than a kezayis, no matter how hungry you are, no matter how good it tastes. For those who dip nice fried potatoes into the uh, salt water and tend to make a meal of it, it's not acceptable. One should eat less than a kezayis of potatoes or onion, whatever they choose to eat for karpas. When you make the bracha <coughs> you have in mind later you're going to eat the mother. The mother, as we spoke just now, is also a vegetable. And therefore we have in mind, <coughs> since we make a bracha ala khilas mother, on the eating of mother, we have in mind as well from the beripiyadama that we made prior. And again, the mother is eaten already after we've washed but because it's a separate entity of the meal, therefore we need to have in mind a bracha of Beri from prior. Throughout the meal, one should be careful that the matzah is not made wet. <coughs> the Yemini Chabad is there's no matzah on the table at all, ever. We have several plastic tablecloths in case the matzah is eaten. After the matzah eating is finished, we take off the tablecloth 
the top one, so that the rest of the, the next table is for the rest of the meal. The third cup is made over, set over benching, and again held up until the Venator Shalayim, or according to <coughs> other customs, Tlal Yechaseinu. And then, of course, Halal and there's Nirza. Mini Chabad is only Halal Nirza together, because <coughs> we don't sing Nirza. We don't sing the traditional Echad Miyadeas, Chadgadja, etc. But more importantly, we don't sing the famous song of Chasal Sidr Pesach. What is going on here tonight? We don't sing the Chasal Sidr Pesach. Yaltarebbe omitted this from his Siddur. Why? In the Chinuch, it brings down Mitzvah 21 to remember Mitzrayim. The concept of remembering the redemption of Mitzrayim is the Yaseid Gadol V'Amuk, Chazak B'Tereseinu V'Menaseinu. is a tremendous foundation a beam that strengthens our Tzeda and our belief in God. In addition to that, it's brought down that Bolanu Mitzvah there are many mitzvahs that are brought about with the remembering of Mitzrayim. Both mitzvahs say and say, positive and negative. We say it in many of our brachos, many of our blessings and our prayers in Kiddush, etc., where we say, Zecher, Litzias Mitzrayim. So Litzias Mitzrayim, therefore, as we said, is a Yisayin and Omud to Teira and Amunah. To all Teira and Amunah. It's a foundation and beam that holds up the entire Teira and belief. So we find, therefore, Every mitzvah that we can do throughout the year has within it the concept of Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim. Because as we said, it's a foundation to the building of Teirah Mitzvahs. Therefore, says the Alter Rebbe, I cannot say Chasal Sidr Pesach. I cannot say we are coming to an end, we are finishing. Because this is the main point of Sidr Pesach. The main point of the Sidr Pesach is to remember and to talk about. Thank you. Yitzias Mitzrayim. See, we made an appeal, it looks like. <laughs> and this concept of talking about Yitzias Mitzrayim is never ending. And because it's never ending, therefore, the Alter Rebbe did not hold of writing it in his Haggadah in his siddur, and did not, uh, we do not therefore sing it. Unfortunately, this year is not a staple t- 
to your belief, it's not a foundation to your beliefs, it's just something that's very important to keep up as a Kriyas Itam Lateda. And therefore, as a Kriyas Itam Lateda, it has to be an hour and only an hour. And we're only limited to that hour. On the second night of Pesach, remember that we start the counting of the Emer. We begin the counting of the Emer. And that goes on for seven full weeks, for 49 days, until Shavuiz. We'll begin Meir Tal since we're going to blench Tal, the first, the second day of Pesach, first day of Pesach. Therefore, when we start Shmanesre on Cholamoyed, first Matzah on Wednesday night, here in America, we will start with the same bracha already in Shmanesri. What keeps happening here? Why does this keep closing off? Oh, that's why. <laughs> so at this point, we'd like to wish everybody a Chag Kasha Vesameach. It should be a happy year, a holy year. And we should eat this year Nechom and Azvachim and Apsachim in Yerushalayim, Irakadesh, together with the Kain Gadol, Mashiach, Nasidereno, Bereshenu. Shabbat Shalom and Chag Sameach to all.